and welcome to Attack of the Querwolf. I'm Michael. I'm Nay. I'm Sam. Hello. Hey. All right, so I'm just going to get right into it because we have two amazing guests tonight, and our listeners are going to be really happy. Our first guest is a returning guest. I think only our second or third returning guest, right? Ow, ow. Second, something Hashtag like that. desperate. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag you came back. <laughs> I was hashtagging myself. As oh, desperate. you were? Yeah. I thought you were you hashtagging guys. us. No, it was me. I mean, good thing. <laughs> if you don't recognize the voice already, he is a writer-director who has been on the show before talking about Carrie. He wrote Disturbia, Paranormal Activity 2, 3, 4, directed, marked ones, and wrote it, right? Mm-hmm. He also wrote and directed Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you. And he has many more to come. He. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody, Christopher Landon. Hi, Hi, Chris. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back, guys. Thanks for having me back. I'm very happy. And thanks for bringing our next guest with you. Oh, boy. Okay. Our other guest is a Queerwood po- Queer Wolf Pod favorite, and you are. After appearing in La La Land, she went on to star in Happy Death Day, where her witty, determined, conflicted, fucking hilarious, and kick-ass performance helped to redefine what it means to be a final girl in the modern horror era. Oh, yeah. She followed that up with an even defter performance filled with heart, drive, and emotion. I literally cried during the movie. And Happy Death Day to you, that solidified, solidified her status as the newest legacy final girl and queer icon. She will next be seen in the remake of Valley Girl. The TV series Utopia, and today it was announced that she will star in the pilot Delilah for HBO Max. Yes. Everyone, Jessica Roth. Hello. Hello. That was such a beautiful introduction. Oh, good. I I want you to follow me around and just (laughs) be my hype person forever. I think my life would be fantastic if that happened. And I got time. Michael (laughs) is like that with folks. It's like very genuine. Yeah. It's like everybody's hype man. Genuine and depth. You didn't bring in any like stuff i wouldn't want you to say it was all oh, the, it was all the stuff that i'm super proud of so. oh good i almost was like gonna have you rate it to make sure i didn't say anything you did a you did an excellent job thank you yes. well Do you guys should start making stuff up though just to like see Slip how people in. react that would be hilarious <laughs> and see if people are she got a finger bang in the locker room yeah. in the ninth grade <laughs> she was a garbage pail kid back in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> um thanks for being here Thank you so much for having us. It's so good to see you. It's so good to meet you. Chris, it's good to see you again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you make that face? I was just joking. Um, I see you a lot. I know. That's why. You're sick of me. Um, all right. So what's everyone been watching? Listening to, reading, eating, tweeting, doing, anything good? Yeah. I went to Outfest and I saw Scream Queen. My Nightmare oh, the documentary? Street. Yeah. Um, if you all don't know what that is, it's a documentary about um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is like the gayest. The gayest horror film ever made. Right. <laughs> or is it? Or is But it? this doc uh, follows Mark Patton because he disappeared. The lead actor disappeared for a number of years and then came back into the spotlight. And it's kind of like where he went. And like disappeared, it, like just stopped working or disappeared like like they couldn't like missing persons <laughs> no like like he went to it turns out he was in mexico no like he was like like they found him on a like for the documentary before this that he did they found him living on like a dirt road in mexico they had a private eye oh my like, god searching down. for mark Patton. that should be a movie it's incredible That's but a great band name oh my god yes <laughs> it's yes it's is uh, it good it's hilarious. Also, like, I mean, I laughed the whole time. Also, Mark Patton is, like, such a cool weirdo. He's like your old grandpa, but he's, like, just super queer. And uh, also, 
outspoken. I think he's going to say your old grandpa like, cannot so not be like a my great grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's what makes it interesting, you know. Yeah. But um, but what's cool about it is it's really funny. It's really important. Um, part of why he disappeared has to do with what happened um, with the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. And I think this uh, doc is super important because it's it can balance both comedy and activism, which is difficult, as mm-hmm. we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I think it nails it. So yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of good highly recommend on Twitter over the weekend. I think Darren Stein mentioned it, and was Verati there? Um, he was, yeah, yeah. He, he did the second one. And you guys ran into each other, right? You and I? Yeah. Yeah. I heard about your big bear hug. Weird. I was nervous. I was, uh, jealous. I was being like total professional. Everything was fine. And then I saw Nay and I'm just like, ah, so yeah, a real great. scream Perfect. queen. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nay? Uh, I was at Outfest 2, um, and I saw Billy and Emma, which is a really beautiful movie about two young queer women in the Philippines. Um, and that was amazing. And uh, a short that I was in yes. pre, uh, premiered oh, before it. Oh. It's one minute long, so everybody chill out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it looked super cool on that oh, huge yeah. screen. Um, but it's funny because the opening shot is like a, real, a close-up of my eye. So then... And it was it was kind of scary actually a little bit so I was honored by that um, but that was really cool and of course ran into Sam ran into a lot of people ran into Robert England yeah, I saw that pic that's pretty good that's pretty good love yeah, it yeah it was cute the so Q and A like Robert England and Mark Patton were reunited on stage it was badass that's the first time they've seen each other like no they had one other occasion where they met up but they didn't talk apparently it's in the doc I know and that's why it was so cool that's why I was there because I'm like okay like shit's gonna go down I'm ready but um <laughs> they just got in like a slap fight hug right with that I wanted they were just so nice to each other damn it um, but it was but it, you know it was great and also um uh, Robert England talked about queer coding in horror films which was like Super unexpected. Did he say the word man cave at all? He didn't. He says the word man cave a lot. In oh interviews. my God. You know what he said to me? He was like, um, I want to go see that movie this week. Uh, it's like in Sweden and the Wicker Man. I was like, um, <sighs> Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's like, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. <laughs> Got the description uh, right. I was like, yeah, you know, hit me up. <laughs> Did you tell him to slide in your DMs? No. <laughs> Gave him a queer wolf card. You did? Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Was he like, I mean, what's this? I don't know if that's a good job. I'm, I was. I felt annoying, but I knew that I wasn't being Shit your shot, annoying. right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. If audacious white men have taught me anything, <laughs> shoot your shot. No, he's super over nice person. Over and over again, right? Right. Yeah, he yeah, seems very nice. approachable. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Chris, Jessica, you guys see anything lately? Hmm. I mean, I'm reading something. Oh, amazing what are you reading right now? I'm reading this book called *Sapiens*. I don't know if anyone's talking. It came out a while ago. I actually need to quickly Google who the author is because I'm horrible and I don't remember anything <laughs> ever. Um, but it's about. It's by Yuval Noah. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Har- Harari. Um, and it's pretty. It pretty much takes you from like the Big Bang through the evolution of humans to get to where we are today. And there's this amazing, there are different theories about it, but there's this one theory that it's like, we, I've always been taught that homo sapiens were like evolved from the apes and we are kind of 
there was the missing link and the way that that went. And it turns out there's another theory that's like, no, there were Homo sapiens and there were Neanderthals and there were all of these different kinds of humans. And then we're the ones who killed all of the other Ooh. ones because we don't like difference. We don't like people who are different from us. We're not very tolerant. We're not, and so it's all of this stuff that ex- tracks. If that's true, it tracks and <laughs> explains so much about our society and the the reason that people are the way that they are and kind of it coming from a natural instinct place. And it's just really interesting. And it doesn't like justify any of that. It's not like, so that's why it's cool to be a dick to everybody. But <laughs> it is interesting to kind of read it. And it's so fascinating. And it talks about kind of people going from being foragers and how that was when we were our happiest. And now that we're tied down in one place, everybody's actually miserable. It's just, it's really, really interesting. Um, Sounds awesome. I'm going to read that. So I'm reading that, but then, you know, I'm going to pay you to read it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I will use my most soothing book voice. Um, I'm reading that and balancing it out by, you know, watching, rewatching 30 rock on TV and, um, and Sabrina, the new our one? dear, our dear friend Josh's show. Yes, and Mr. Conkle. Yes, Mr. Conkle. And um, I, I did see Midsummer. So that's what did you think? I, I have lots of thoughts. I loved it. You I did. also had read the script, mm. um, so that was interesting. Watching it after reading it, and the things that happen in that movie without giving anything away are so disturbing. Like you can't. I remembered every single thing that happened in that mm. film. Um, because it's so upsetting, but I, <laughs> I did think that the, the way that they depicted being high was the most accurate depiction of like <laughs> being on mushrooms that I've ever I seen. Totally agree. Yeah. Never done them. Never, yeah. ever. Never them Mom, if you're no, listening. I really, it was, it was one of those, I was sitting there going, wow, like they got it. Like someone finally did this right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It's like, really, it really so beautiful. Beautifully shot that movie. I mean, the whole thing was just sort of a piece of art. So I think you can appreciate it just from that point of view. Um, But I I also really enjoyed it. I didn't love it, Mm. but I loved the way it looked. Contrarian. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is like three weeks later, I remember everything about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a movie that's definitely stuck with me. Yeah. I just... Didn't care for any of the characters. They, yeah, it, it, it was slim pickings. That's not really his his jam, though. It's not. I think like, he's, he's not, a really amazing not, director and casting. Like I think he casts perfectly. Mm-hmm. But he's very. He reminds me of. Um, he reminds me of Stanley Kubrick in a lot mm. of ways, and I think that there is this very um, a clinical sort of approach to things, and I think he does keep you at an arm's length. That's a good way. You know, and so like if you go back through like, you know, Kubrick's movies, like you don't sit there and go, wow, I really fell in love with that character. And I was (laughs) so bummed when, you know, her husband chased her with an axe. Like (laughs) it's, you know, it's, I think it's just there, his, his particular sort of brand, his approach. Well, you can, it's uh, even after two movies, it's very apparent. Like what his POV is. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's one, it's like an Astro movie. Yeah. When you watch it. Um, all right, I watched Big Little Lies finale. Anyone watching that? Yeah. No. I love that show, and it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> season one was so good. Season, season two was, was so good for so many different, different reasons. reasons. Very different it's reasons. Like, I just love like the big. I mean, her teeth. Did you especially. watch? Did you watch season two? We started it, and we had to stop. I, I want to restart. I do want to give it more of a chance, but. 
the things I liked about the first season just don't exist in the second season. And so I, because I went in with that lens, I just was like, I'm not interested in this, but I have, I've heard from many people that if you kind of, plow through watch it, it with like well, a bunch yeah. of game you have to watch it. <laughs> well, but that's the thing so I was watching it with with my husband Cody and he was angry every episode oh really angry like what the fuck is happening what is this bullshit like he was so I can't see him being like that he was he was just like he would just like throw himself back on the couch and uh, just be like can't we just change this like, uh, no and I was it's really, 12 minutes. Well, this episode's 14 minutes. I was fascinated by it, but there were like, it was a lot of like, there was a lot of bullshit going on there. I, mean, I was just sort of like, what, what is actually Every episode happening? started with the end of season one, which Oof. I'm like, why uh, they keep yeah. showing they this? They love that flashback. <laughs> they love- like, why are they showing this? But yeah. I tweeted about this this week. I just, every time they went to the court. I fucking was losing my shit because there's like 70 people at a custody hearing. <laughs> I was just like thinking of all the things I've been at and done for myself where 70 people didn't fucking show up. <laughs> birthday party. Or like, you know, I'm like, who are these people at this custody hearing? But I loved it. I was just yeah, like, but this it's is Monterey, cool. okay? It's yeah. like not a lot going on. It's the hottest game in town. Yeah, I was like exciting. <laughs> I mean, I would want to see her pink power suit. I'm sure that got text about. Yeah. So everyone showed up at the court. Yeah. But I love it because it's so ridiculous and like fucking what's her face's bangs. Um, <laughs> Which one? They there are a lot of bangs. Shailene Woodley's bangs. Oh yeah. There's a. Do you know Carrie? Um, shit. What's his last name? I forget his last name. Carrie. I'll, I'll I'll post his Twitter account. But he kept every Monday he'd post a video on Twitter pretending to be Shailene Woodley, but he'd just put a piece of toilet paper on his head and those would be the bangs. <laughs> And he would just be like, Ziggy, 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 I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. Go over there and build a sandcastle. Mommy needs to talk to her friend. Go build a sandcastle. And like, that's literally her dialogue in the show. And every episode. (laughs) So good. I love it. They didn't give her a whole lot to do. They didn't. I want a season three. Yeah. Um, So I did. I finally finished, which we had talked about. I finished a podcast. Oh, Oh, you did. I did. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a, the New York times has a podcast uh, called uh, the man in the window. Um, and it is a very, very detailed, um, account of the, the golden state killer. And so, you know, like the golden state killer is like, you know, this is a famous killer. Like this Mm -hmm. is a guy that, you know, everybody's kind of heard of in some, some way or another, but it, it really goes into such intense detail and really explores, um, through interviews and and other stuff, the, the, the his actual victims, especially the people who survived, um, and especially and the first few victims, too. yeah, and the first yeah. few victims, and it is some chilling <laughs> motherfucking stuff, like, but also like the kind of horrible, riveting, like pull your car over and like yes. you're missing somebody's like wedding, and you're like, oh, too bad, like I can't stop listening. <laughs> um, that show benefits from. The narrator, yeah, she is so fucking awesome. Yeah, and it, like when you were listening to it, did you like cast anybody in your head? Because I like for the li- like when I listen to podcasts, I'll sometimes like true crime ones. I'll cast people in it so yeah. I can imagine it. Yeah, that killer, all I saw was a blank face, oh, and it so scared scary. the living shit out of me every time I thought mm. of him. Super creepy. It's terrifying. Super super creepy. But this guy was a fucked up guy. Yeah, like the most. Like after like in one of the cases, one of the one of the women. Uh, she was attacked 
she was a teenager at the time. She was attacked. Her father was shot and killed. He was the first victim, murder victim. First murder victim. And then years after, he continued to follow her and he would write, he would like write messages in her car window in dust, like to let her know that he was still there. And he was calling her too. Calling her. Wow. And leaving like taunting messages. I mean, it's like this guy was fucking sick. Anyways, it's really good and really scary. You will not, you will not want to go to bed. You said the man in the window? Man in the window. I actually started it at like 11 o'clock one night and stayed up to like four in the morning. I was terrified, but I couldn't stop listening to it. It's good. Yeah. It's real good. He actually like, so like his thing started off with him, like the man in the window. You'd literally, he'd stalked first floor only houses usually. And like someone would wake up and there'd be a man in their window. No, I, and it was the seventies. Yes, it's I'm terrifying. Kidding, there's yeah. only one thing. He I'm grabbed somebody that. through the window oh and pulled God. them out. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> By the way, the other one too. And then we got to move off. This. I, I know. Chill. But, okay. The other one too. <laughs> one of the one of the girls. I think it was the same one with the dead with the dead. I Abba. think that Maybe was I'm that. Wrong. I think it was. It hard. was that one. Yeah. She, the she was, he was looking through her window. And her dad caught him the first time. Like her dad was coming home from work and saw this like peeping Tom dude the in the window. And so dad chased him off. And then literally like three months later, she was at home with her boyfriend and they were like talking. And then she's oh, like, yeah. oh, wouldn't it be so, wouldn't it be so crazy if he was there in the window and blah, blah, blah. And she like went over to jokingly and she ripped the curtains open and he was there oh, again. Yeah. No. Like, it's like yes. an 80s slasher like, movie. Oh, a lot of the time. Times like, like a thousand. Yeah. Like the fact that she was like, they were like making out literally like yeah. we would in a scary movie. And then she stops to be like, wouldn't it be crazy if he was watching us? And he yeah. fucking was. And he was. Jesus. He would like go to neighborhoods for like months at a time. And then like when they were starting to sniff around too much, he'd like move and go to another neighborhood for months at a time. And like, the police departments in all these different towns wouldn't work together because they all wanted to make the collar. So there was like no communication and like, so he, nobody knew. Yeah. And like his, everyone crime thought just it was like contained and isolated and escalating, yeah. and escalating. Everyone's like, Oh, your guy's different than our guy. Oh shit! It's it was the up. same guy. It was the same guy. And like Michelle McNamara, who is Patton yep. Oswalt's late wife, she kind of brought him back forward in the public conscious, like in the last like few years before her death. Because she was like obsessed with him. Wow. And her book was incredible. Her book is incredible. Chelsea Stardust is reading it right now as part of oh, her book club. And <laughs> she like she helped solve this mystery because they caught the guy in 2018. Oh, yeah. And it was like through chat rooms. She started literally fucking talking about it on AOL chat in the early 2000s and found that there was like people obsessed with the case. And that's how they started finding more clues and stuff was just like. But wasn't this like a 23andMe thing? Yeah, kid. that's like eventually what that was how they ultimately yeah. found the guy. Wow. Yeah, was be- yeah they just which is how a lot of like cold cases are getting solved now, mm-hmm. which is a whole yeah they were able to narrow it down yeah. to like a group of six hundred people, and then they took all the women out of the group, and then they eventually narrowed it down to like because they knew people. it was some fucking white yeah, guy. They knew, it was a, they knew it was a white dude, and they ended up narrowing it down to like six people. Oh so then they like investigated the six people, and the crazy thing is they almost over almost decided to not even investigate him because he was an ex-policeman. Yeah. Do you remember that big press release when they, like the big meeting about who the killer was Mm -hmm. that was going to happen? I have some friends in Sacramento. My friend Kara and I are obsessed with 
stuff like this. So we, she walked up to the press, like the press conference and told them that she worked for Buzzfeed and just walked right in <laughs> and she was texting oh, our group chat, just all, everything. Genius. She was asking yes. people all the details. It was amazing. So, That's uh, just balls. balls. Oh yeah. I'm like, it. you're going to get, I don't know what happens to people that do things like that, but you're, it's going to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose your press credentials. Oh wait, you don't have any. I guess it's fine. God. The jugs on her. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Um, we should do man in the window as an episode one day. Okay, my face is like this because for one second I thought you meant that AOL chat rooms were still a thing. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, where? Where? Like, I you want in on that? Yes. yes. I miss them so oh my much. Do you miss? You've got mail. I mean, that was all right, but mostly the sound, you know, when your crush would come online and the little the door, a noise. Yeah. But yeah. You know how, like, many times the door slamming crushed my gay hopes and dreams. Yeah. Well, they were just signing in and out to get your attention. You know? Uh, Right. Yeah. I miss the away message. Yes. Or the art of being away. We're always connected now. (laughs) Yes. But like you used to be like BRB and you like would go away. Being away. There's so a fucking book named that the art of being away. Uh, They also talk about it in the Sapiens book. I, it's, I it talks about everything. everything. It's a crazy. Back to yeah. Everything circles back to Sapiens. That's <laughs> my goal is. tonight, actually, guys. I don't <laughs> want to talk about anything else. No. All right, so we are talking about a movie. I love talking we about are kind shit of ta- like that. It's going to include that, I think, though. Like, it's a very human story. Yeah. 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 So uh, we normally play a trailer, but we don't have one. <laughs> so we are... Jessica, what movie did you pick? Death becomes her, which I know the people who are listening, not watching, listening cannot see because they are not watching. But I wore red in honor of Miss Goldie and her transformation. (laughs) I just watched this movie for the first time on Monday. Oh, this was your first time. It was my first time watching it. All the gays are like, "What?" I know. It's like it's really, really bad. I'm part of a movie club and I'm so grateful for it because everyone who is in it knows so much more about cinema than me and I'm getting to watch a lot of incredible 80s and 90s especially like bizarre like we watched arachnophobia um, which was amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to choose next week and I'm really nervous and it had the way the movie club works it has to have some kind of tie to the movie before but I watched it for the first time I'm completely obsessed with it it makes so much sense to me that it's one of Chris's favorite movies of all time. It's like watching it, I was like, well, yeah, but I also every, you know, when you have a wonderful friend that you make and you, you watch her read or listen to something that they love, it's another window into their soul. And I was like, Oh, Chris, you make even more sense now. than you did before. <laughs> That's really cute that you said that. That's so I nice do. because I think a lot of people write off movies and TV shows. People watch is just like a thing they do, but mm. it does say a like lot about scream too. Says everything about me. <laughs> Fucking love Scream too. If you don't know, oh, <laughs> I can make everything come back to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be Gail Weathers for Halloween this year. Okay. Um, <laughs> so death becomes her. Yeah. It's okay. So just little facts because I try to do this. <clears throat> Directed by Robert Zemeckis, which I totally forgot. How did I forget that? I don't know. Uh, written by, um, I'm, 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 I'm blanking, I'm blanking. David I'm blank. Cope. David Cope and Martin Donovan. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Starring Goldie Hawn, Meryl, Bruce Willis, Isabella Rossellini. And did you know that it was like one of Industrial Light and Magic's first films and the technology they used for it, they perfected in Jurassic Park? Like a wow. lot of the stuff they did for this movie, they took with them too. Yes, this, the was a, this was a huge breakthrough. 
Yes. Yeah. It was, I was in- blown so away good, by the right? special effects. Well, it won the Academy Award that year for it uh, Over Specs, Alien right? 3 yeah. and something else that kind of shocked me. Yeah, but it, yeah. it deserved it. It really yeah. did. Like it's watching it, watching it now, like there was only like one or two moments where I was like, that's bad CGI, but like yeah. a lot of it, like the fucking bullet in her. A lot of it's, small, the a lot of it's better yes. than the shit and we then, see now. It is. And everything yeah. that happens to Meryl's neck and head and upper oh, torso, yes. it's so. Like, I just saw it, so it's, like, seared into my memory. But when her head gets smushed down and she has those weird little, like, uh-huh. neck folds and she's, like, it's – and their physicalization of everything ties into it. But the, the special effects are incredible. They're incredible. And when she's, like, going to call 911 and her body is backwards, <laughs> I, like, was That's dying. Die over that just backwards. Like the way she was trying to pick up the phone with her hands like upside down. It was so weird. Like she didn't know. She goes to sit on the piano bench and just falls. I'm, I lost she, it. Like, when she's trying to dial one, she hadn't really noticed. She hadn't noticed yet that her body yeah, was, was the backwards. Wrong way. And doesn't she say like it's nine one one, right? Or so, like some crazy? <laughs> it's just the details in that film are amazing. And I can see my ass. Yeah, I can so, see my ass. There's so many good one-liners in this movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, like, it was considered at the time, like, a failure, because it was a $55 million budget, which I didn't realize it was that high. It only Holy made $59 only. Million domestic Isn't it lady. crazy that you think, because how old is the movie? 90, 92. Yeah, so you feel, you think, like, oh, were movies that expensive back then? Well, I mean, like, you look at some 90s movies, like, fucking Scream cost $15 million to make. What they spend that money on? Yeah. You know, like, a lot of slashers from the 90s were made for, like, $20 million. Yeah. Like, I still know you did last summer was made for 40 Like What? What? Yeah, like, what were they doing? Should have given it 100 That's me. <laughs> we made our movie for so cheap. For five. <laughs> five bitches. And five. You guys killed it. <laughs> But yeah, like, what do you think they spent the money? Because it essentially takes place in one location, I guess. Like, half the movie does. They, there was, I mean, when you watch the film, like, yeah. the money is there on the screen. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they had very elaborate sets. Very elaborate that sets. Whole, the whole, the interior of that entire house was built, was it, was all on sound stages. That house is amazing. Mm. And sure the yeah. salaries. I mean, and some salaries. Yeah. They also had a magic potion that made people right. younger. That's like, expensive. That's expensive. Yeah. That yeah. shit's like, no joke. <laughs> Right. Um, it had a musical number, an opening musical number. Okay, speaking of the opening musical number, a gemstone halter top. That thing <laughs> exactly. was amazing. Yeah, I actually wrote so down. Good. What did I write down? I just wrote down "Ice Cream." I think. <laughs> top. I wrote oh my top. god! I wrote down "Ice I- Cream" too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are gay. Um, when I saw that, when I was rewatching it. I had the most pleasant memory of being so distinctly attracted to her. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was attracted to her now. Well, yeah, of course. But I mean, as a kid, and I feel like sometimes I have this like late bloomer gay guilt where I'm like, oh, I wish I'd known I was like this queer when I was a kid. And I think it's so pleasant when you remember that like you were that queer. You were. It was (laughs) there. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I remember this exact moment. Yeah. When I first laid eyes. That fucking top that. looks heavy too. Right. Everything about it was hot. Everything <laughs> yeah. about that top is And then when she gets hot. out of the pool and has that weird oh like fringe God. things on. Oh, like yes. I, I loved it. It's amazing. Yes. And then her dress. Yes. Yeah. Like, Give me it. And also this movie, I feel like it was the first time I remember being like, I want to get my nails done. <laughs> yeah, they have like fucking yes. square crazy Right. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So 
Um, I want to go back to that because I, there's something about the, the nails that I want to discuss later, but you brought up the musical number. Who brought up the musical? Someone brought up the musical number. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Surprise. So I, <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. I don't think she's that bad in it. So why is everyone leaving? <laughs> she's, not, she's not, right? Well, not. <laughs> only straight people would have left that audience. And Patty LuPone wouldn't put up with that shit. So if that was made today, whoever starred in that movie would be like, sit your ass fucking down. This is rude as shit. But I didn't think she was that bad. That music was incredible. She was super yeah. talented. All she the gay great. boys dancing around oh, her, pretending yes. to love her. Love it. And the, they kept on pulling out mirrors and doing little like jazzy. Yes. It, it lived in like seven different genres at once. That oh. musical, I was all about it. And all the of lyrics the were so subversive. Like, What's that? The lyrics were so subversive. Yeah. I watched it twice because so I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I watched it and then I used to play "Death Becomes Her" with the kids in my neighborhood. Oh my god, you're the gayest little boy. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, yes, it was a good. Yeah. <laughs> what were your rules? So with mine, it all revolved around. We had a cardboard cutout of Goldie Hawn at the video store where like okay, the thing well, goes through a summit. <laughs> so like, oh no, we didn't own it, so we just replicated that. So we would just put things through our like shirts, like it was like yes. coming out her stomach. Because <laughs> I actually like I didn't see it until later. So we would just imagine what the movie was and play that. And then I finally saw it, a little let down because I had done, you know, a little bit more when we were rehearsing. But as an adult, I loved it. So I I just keep imagining you guys like just whacking each other with shovels. (laughs) Yeah, the entire game was was We played Deadly Guns or come here. I taped a mirror to my stomach and we had ketchup. Oh, great. Oh, that's, that's great. I was actually thinking really value. long and hard today about how to do that for a Halloween costume. Oh, I did gosh. see, I went to a, a, a Halloween party um, and and these three people came in and they, they nailed Lit it. Lit it up. They Damn. nailed it because oh. they did the mirror oh, you're kidding. In, into the dress and then they had an arm holding a candelabra. Oh. That was lit. <laughs> oh my god like they did it like they and the and the clothes everything wow. every last detail was flawless like it was that's amazing. impressive that's amazing yeah so i was reading an article today about um they interviewed a bunch of the cast members in like 2015 i think it was for new now next logos website and they're asking them like why they think it's like got a, a big queer following now and meryl like <laughs> sang the lyrics she's like Listen to those lyrics in the yep. opening number. She's like, that's queer as hell. She goes, I knew it was queer the minute I signed oh, on for the movie. Oh, my God, Meryl. So I love that. You have a musical singing, <gasps> dancing background, right? I do. Would you, um, would you recreate that moment? <gasps> Ever the like the the opening number? Oh, I thought you meant oh, right I thought, now. Yeah, I was like, right now, I was like, I was like, is this happening? <laughs> oh, like, I got the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, oh my god! I, because Chris is going to do it right now. Because I actually today while watching it, I remembered your background, and I was like, I could see Jessica in a Death Becomes Her remake playing the Meryl. I would love that, but here's the thing about something like that. That movie is so fucking good. I wouldn't want to remake. Like, I I feel really weird about... Because the Valley Girl remake, we turned a movie that's not a musical into a musical. And the script is different. And it's it plays homage. A bunch of the original cast members are have cameos in it. And so to me, it wasn't like, here's something great. Let's just like take the exact thing. Remember that thing people remember? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, because I think that like beautiful old classic movies should be 
celebrated and rewatched as opposed <coughs> to just remade. That being said, I would die to play that part. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime, like anyone who wants to tell me, like I can see you stepping into that Meryl Streep role. I'm like, I love you forever. Please, like, just continue saying. Maybe that I am me. your permanent hype person. I think you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to. Maybe there's some kind of sequel or prequel or like. Death I don't becomes know. them. Death becomes them. Just make Death a trailer. becomes they. Oh my god, a trailer! Yeah, just make a trailer. <gasps> That's idea. a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, but I the the complicated answer is I would love to, but I also would never want to like fuck up that movie because it's just so good. It is really a lot good. Of pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, to go back, I don't think she's that bad in that opening. No, no. I think I people were mad that it was because it's supposed to be a musical of Sweet Bird of Youth, which is a Tennessee Williams play. And right. I think that people were more like, can you believe that they... Yeah, they're shitting on yeah. Tennessee Williams, I think was kind of... It wasn't really like her. It okay. Was the whole, it was the sum mm. of all its parts. Though there is that snobby woman who leaves who's like, can you believe that one? Like, like uh, maybe talking about how old she... I think there was some yeah, dig about that she she's on the verge of looked, 30. Madeline yeah. Ashton, she's done. Yeah, she's yeah. 29. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing watching that movie is like, oh, this is real in a really sad way. It really is. Because like, like, they both look great, and the fact that this whole movie is about how they're aging too much and they both look like they do is just depressing because it's true in it our society. Really, right? Yeah, like yeah. Meryl is being punished for having the audacity to turn 30. I know. In the opening. <laughs> You know, my shady summary would have been like, "Oh, I didn't even ask girl, those. girl, I don't have... don't change your body. Your man sucks. Like, mm, don't. Yes. I mean, you know. Do you have a shady summary? Sam? Yeah, I except totally I think forgot. Nate just said it. So, <laughs> but mine is um, two sharp, ambitious women, <laughs> feud after being conditioned to believe that their happiness depends on beauty and the absolute most boring version of Bruce Willis. <laughs> wow. I, mine just says men suck. Um, <laughs> Do either of you bring one? Not at Mine was Diva's Life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, you've just been shimmying this whole show. He really yeah. does. Uh, He's like, nice little boat show. I'm also, I'm also giving you like a Hawaiian <laughs> tourist <laughs> cosplay. You, you, <laughs> you can't see it, but... You're giving like high-class Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh. It's a cute button-down is what I'm trying to say. He always wore button-downs like that. Um, yeah, when I was rewatching it, I had forgot about um, Goldie's fat suit. I did too. I was like, "Oh wow!" I now I definitely remember seeing it as a kid because obviously it made me feel like shit because I was a fat kid, right? Um, but totally forgot. I forgot about it too, and it was really jarring to see that, and then also to see like her reaction to losing her man as not only a fat suit but also a mental institution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's interesting because it's like when I watch that scene, I'm like, the problem here is that. She has this obsessive, like, revenge narrative and that, like, do you only have icing to eat? Like, if you're just yeah. eating, like, spoonfuls of icing, like, this is a mental health problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this, someone, she needs family and community to be checking out. on she's a mental health, a <laughs> mental health worker, that's not going to scream at her. Right, <laughs> right. And it was wild to me. I remember watching that and just, like, Knowing that the only way I was, I could be pretty, I was young, so I didn't feel any of that stuff, but I was like, oh, I clearly have to be a smaller person Mm. if anyone is ever going to like me, if anyone's ever going to take me seriously. And it was so nice to watch it this time and not believe those things. Mm -hmm. But 
also sad. It's like when you read one of your old journals and you're like, oh, I remember oh, feeling yeah. that How way. How you felt when you were at yeah. that age. Yeah. And so it's back. like refreshing to not feel that way, but also painful to remember having felt otherwise. Yeah. And it's like, sure, you can celebrate not feeling that way, but I was like, oh, I, this was well, a movie I love. You, you yeah, feel for a six-year-old. You feel child for like the child. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I had a lot of feelings watching it because I was sad about that, but then like so happy about the precious gem halter top. <laughs> <laughs> precious gems did and they the, themselves and the Easter like the oh number of containers God. that the potion was in uh, also like were me. Russian nesting doll. Yes. And I also just want like small brooches to take off and place on people whenever <laughs> to like, let yeah. them know yeah. that you're there no. in your cult. Yeah. Absolutely. They, That's they so obviously hot. wore them every day, which <laughs> yes. I would do too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I was cute surprised at the, like uh, that? Yeah. Oh, it was know. cute. Um, I was surprised that the, that the psych ward was, I actually like the way that they portrayed the people there. Cause I was like, Oh wow. They're not all just like crazy. They're super annoyed that she keeps bringing up the same thing. That was awesome. They were actually like people. And it just reminded me of like, um, going to brunch with my gay friends and I'm just bringing up that guy one more time. And they're like, ah, and they all start screaming. Yeah. You like turn around and you're the only they one start sitting passing there. around money. Cause they all had bets. Um, you start when to you bring- each other. <laughs> like, God damn it, Sam. $20. Okay. Um, <laughs> So speaking of that moment of Goldie mm-hmm. watching the fake movies, which I love a fake movie title, and there was boxes for a movie called Sacramento, <laughs> and then one called Dark Windows, which is the one she's watching because her outfit on the VHS cover was in the movie. Oh, oh good catch. I love that. That's okay. my favorite part of Seinfeld is like the fake movies they go to see, like Death Blow and like Cry Cry Again and that kind of shit. But question for you guys. So while she's watching her frenemy get mm-hmm. killed in a movie – you ever had fantasies like that of a person in your life wow michael that is a heavy hit yeah dark. i'm gonna go ahead and fucking say yeah yeah i have to <laughs> i don't know i don't like oh this is death is not maybe not but like torture yes for sure and watching yeah I love that. Answer. I love that you're like death was yeah. not enough. Like <laughs> just pure, it was pure too easy. Torture. Um, I always thought the coolest way to torture somebody, like someone I hated, would be to give them paper cuts all over their body. Oh my god! And then dip them in a vat of rubbing you alcohol. Oh my freak. god! Jesus Christ! Yeah, mine were that. never that me. specific. <laughs> I mean, mine is. I guess I do. I have a reoccurring dream. Uh, where there's this particular person and I whoop their ass. Okay. Mm. Like for sure. Mm. And it's always very cathartic. And I wake up and I'm like, yeah, that's right, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I obviously, you know, I'm not, I like not a promoter of violence, but like I was not raised right and I will fight you. So (laughs) I feel like the dream is just. I love that you know who you are so much. Like if you fuck with me, I'm, you know, like I'll fight you if you're going to fight with me. I would like I, definitely never fuck with you. <laughs> like, I have known you for all of 40 minutes, and, like, I'm very glad that it seems that you like me, because I, do. I would never, ever <laughs> want to piss you off. Like, I know that much is true. But, yeah, I mean, don't we – I mean, as a little gay boy, I think we all have those, like, revenge fantasies, right? I I don't. Um, not, not no shade to it, but my revenge fantasy is in the movie too. I do have revenge fantasies, but it's more that moment where she turns around and she's like hot. And yeah. Helen yeah, yeah, has yeah, that yeah. reveal. She oh. thinks it's the other woman and then she steps yeah. aside. But she's yeah. like, it's her revenge body. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, just like, phenomenal. oh, I'm everything that's going to threaten your life now. Hi. And she's just completely unbothered. Yeah. That's who I wanted to be. So that mm-hmm. moment was like, 
I get that. You know, that moment reminded me of as a kid how I always wanted, like, I would plan ahead, like, okay, if in six months from now we're going to visit my friend in Tennessee or wherever, I hope I'm skinny by then mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I can have that moment. And I think until my late 20s, would constantly be looking ahead into the future and be like, well, what if I was skinny by the time I did or thin or small or or whatever Mm -hmm. and had to like actively stop those kind of intrusive thoughts and be like, you actually can have fun on that trip no matter what you look like or what size you are. Or like when you go home to visit, I mean, no one's more fat phobic than your mom, but like when you go home to visit your mom, you can still have like a wonderful, well, maybe (laughs) when your mom or like you still get to like if it's my opening and like this bitch that used to hate me walks in with her man and her man still wants me like no matter what I look like like I'm still gonna have a moment like that right now you know and it's like yeah I used to do uh, that a lot too well I think everyone has a thing that like they like like to have accomplished by like a certain Uh thing and they think that like they can't enjoy that experience or like look forward to it in the same way if they don't have that and so yeah I think yeah I think for the first time in my life I'm really enjoying now. Hmm. You know what I mean? It is like in the last year. And I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with being a little bit more successful and stuff too, but it's also like knowing who I am, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I like to be in the moment a lot more and that took a lot of therapy, (laughs) but you know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's just being present for yourself. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Instead of being like, okay, a year from now I'm going to be doing X. It's like, how about you fucking do what you want to do right now? It's like, and oh, also, okay. yeah, that you can be that bitch in the moment, regardless <laughs> of like whatever the thing is that you didn't quite accomplish that you uh-huh. wanted mm. to accomplish, and just not always feeling like there's stuff left to do, even though there's always things left to do for yourself if you like are ambitious or yeah. And when you accomplish whatever. something, it feels good no matter how old you are or when you did it. Yeah, it, so if we let ourselves it. Yeah. celebrate it. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I had a problem with that for a long time because. Same. Well, I think especially for, maybe it's for everyone, but I know for women in films and stuff, it's portrayed that you have these deadlines for yeah. yourself. Yeah. That you, you know, that I feel like that's something, especially in rom-coms. That when you watch yeah. them, like in the rom-com, mm-hmm. there's always the makeover. Like there are mm-hmm. all of these kind of <laughs> yeah. tropes that happen ha- that give you that sense of a timeline. Because mm-hmm. I Sandy, can you're totally... going to graduate high school this year. Isn't it time you got yourself together? Exactly. Like <laughs> I can identify so strongly with that mm-hmm. as well. And I, I think that I love hearing you say the thing mm-hmm. about being present because it's it's hard, but it's such a brave, scary thing to do. So true. To be super present in yourself and to feel okay about who you are. And it's something I'm just starting to be okay with doing and hope I continue to do. Um, but it's, it's a choice every day to it do is. it. It's yeah. not something that just happens for me at least. Yeah. Not for me it either. is a choice. Yeah. Totally agree. It's definitely a choice. Whew. All right. Death becomes her. <laughs> Whoa. So can we talk about how this movie has 400 time jumps? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was the thing I thought while I was watching the movie, like, is how fast everything happens. Yeah. Like, so much happens, right? Like, is it just me or does it feel like the movie's kind of moving at 99 miles per hour? Yeah, it's going. Which I kind of yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah. They do have two seven-year-later time jumps. Yeah. And they're, like, <laughs> both in the first 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they needed to, like, get through some shit yeah. so you yeah. could get to the the good part. Yeah. <laughs> just them beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah. So, I oh, wish I could have seven years yeah. later my 20s. <laughs> 
it goes back to what you're talking about, being more comfortable. But this movie is such a fantasy in so many ways. I love watching them become the women that they're going to become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They Because we see hints of like the icons that they are. But it's not until the end of the movie. I mean, the third act that you're really – I personally was rooting for them all the way through. <laughs> I mean, it's like both of them become like their final forms mm. in a sense. And I'm rooting for them even when they're being – I mean, I guess I don't think they're being shitty. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, but yeah, even when they're doing things that are questionable. Yeah, I mean, I kept rooting for them to get like I hadn't seen in a while, so I kept rooting for them to get together faster to destroy the guy. Mm. Oh yeah, like, get rid of this fucking dude. <laughs> it reminds me of there's I I had I had a death becomes her moment. Um, I was on Melrose. I was shopping on Melrose. <laughs> We're going um, to Melrose. So fancy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was buying some Doc Martens and. Um, <laughs> And there was, uh, there was these. There were two girls and a guy, and the the girls got into like the worst fight I've ever seen. Like, like in they public, were in public, and the guy was standing off to the side, and you could tell that the fight was about him, and he was like enjoying it. He actually oh, like oh folded God. his arms and God. leaned against a payphone, a, a payphone, pay by phone. the way. What was like, were you in? It was a relic. It was still there, <laughs> and. And he was watching it, and these two girls are, like, wailing on each other. Wait, they were physically fighting? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh these God. were, like, fists and the whole thing. And, and it was, like, I kind of froze because I was, like, oh, no. And then literally, <laughs> all of a sudden, they both just – it was almost like they had telepathy or something. And they both just stopped hitting each other. And they both turned and looked yes. at him. Oh, thank God. And they both just ran at him oh, and just started yes. beating the shit out of so him. Lucky. Oh, it yeah. was almost like. Please tell me they fed on him. They, I mean, <laughs> they pretty much did. But it was such a great moment because it was like. And they didn't say anything to each other. It's just like oh. they just suddenly felt his smugness behind them. Right. And they were like, what the fuck are we doing? That frenemyship ended and they became best friends. Yes. And I was like, there's your remake. Yeah. You're so lucky. You <laughs> I know. I've treasured that memory. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Have any of you had a moment like that in your life? I've had one, but it wasn't that instantaneous. It was like looking back and then through a friend, I said, you know, I hope she and I get to talk one day because I realize now that it wasn't that we were being turned against each other by a total fucktard. Mm. Like that that guy is, he's also a crazy person, but that he's, he was playing us against each other and Uh it was never, I hope she knows that I feel in my soul that I don't think she's a bad person because this was about so many other things and not about her. Um, definitely had this. I've had it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And have had the follow up conversation like years later. Kennedy, I know you're not. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I remember that bitch. (laughs) 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 He probably does. Um, (laughs) I had a follow-up with, you know, my friend of me, and literally, well, I was terrified, and we met up at a bar because we found out we both had been lied to, and we had a friend in common who, like, connected us and was like, hey, you know, so-and-so knows, you know, and, like, linked the information. We met up at a bar, talked for, like, five hours it's so satisfying. And yeah, it was, I mean, I was terrified and I wanted to do it, but was mostly just scared and probably would have talked mm-hmm. myself out of it because that's what I do, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. didn't. We talked for hours and it healed so much. And also, I mean, it was also painful to realize to the extent in which you've been lied to. You're yeah. like, damn, that was, that was a lot, but it was good. 
So I have the gay man version of that where I was dating a guy when I first moved out here. It was literally right after I moved out here and I found out he was dating another guy that always hung out with us. Oh. <laughs> and we discovered that we were dating the same dude. So we decided to just hook up in his bed. <laughs> wow. I love that ending. That's yeah, it's pretty great. It's very like, similar to that becomes her. Yeah, he like passed out on the couch so we went in his bed. Wow. Yeah, it was like purely both of us are like, we're doing this clear just because of him. Like, we knew it, too. Wow. It was pretty great. And then you were like, and then we shit in his bed, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we were both, we were both into far. it. Ernie, far. we'll edit that out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it could be into scat, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> stories. <laughs> wow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> When you said the gay man version of that, I kind of thought you were going to go in a different direction because I found myself identifying with the main two characters um, in terms of, I feel like as a queer person, I'm used to fighting for my space. Um, I, for a long time, I was the only queer person in my friend group. And then I came to LA and there were lots of us. And then all of a sudden um, I experienced people being kind of territorial or, um, and then being uh, a queer person in even the queer horror space, right? We're friends, but we're all still competing in a sense uh, because it's film and this is entertainment competing for a very small piece of the pie. And, and that's, and so I was watching, no, really though, truly. And so watching this, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this feels so real. Mm -hmm. This feels so now um, for me, just as a queer person trying to like accomplish something, you know, and I don't mean to be too, you know, no, I gotcha. Uh, nay. <laughs> oh, it's just I was imagining you as like Meryl and, and Michael Verratti as Goldie. Oh my god, <laughs> hole in the stomach yes. as well. Yes, but I but it goes back to, and I think that's what I loved about the ending is ultimately. Uh, they didn't see that the system, they were playing a game that was rigged against them. They can't mm -hmm. win that game. So they thought that the other was the enemy and that this, that the piece was a small piece of the pie. And it turns out none of that bullshit is true. They were there to support each other. At least that's the way I saw it. Uh -huh. Isn't that the lesson that's and always the, there? Damn yes. Ugh. It's like sometimes I get so focused on thinking that the enemy is this. And that goes to the, the, the relationship thing too. When you think it's the boy, but really the two, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's like, no, or you think it's each other, but it's the boy. It's like those two girls Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's the same with being in competition with your right? frenemy. I mean, really, yeah. they're not, sure. they're not the enemy. It's this fucking system. Yeah. A lot of times, mm -hmm. or in this case, you know, one well, Bruce Willis was definitely Ernest. Is that his name? Ernest? Ernest. Ernie. He had to be hung. <laughs> you think Sorry. he was hung? I mean, what else? There's a lot of girth, right? Yeah. Yeah. But don't you think that like every time I go out with like, or I see old straight friends from high school and I see pictures of their husbands and I'm like, Oh, I mean, I don't know. Sorry, but like straight people, like or uh, the standards are different sometimes. Yeah, we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. talked about we like talk the, about the, the, the <laughs> just <laughs> slowly shrink. <laughs> no, but I also think that's not a. I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Like, it's I, I'm not like, oh my god, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, that's just totally a that's the thing. The case of the settling straights. Straight yeah. men just have to do so much less. Oh yeah. <laughs> And that's why I loved his character because this is a guy who did nothing, and then he celebrated. He at his literally funeral. did nothing. He's like canonized at his funeral. Yeah. And then I was like dying laughing actually at the part where he was like he killed his wife, and he's like it was an accident. I'm like, oh, oh. girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't. It was not an accident, but he convinced himself it was because he's used to the system believing him mm -hmm. or letting him go. So I was imagining, like, if the police came and stuff and, like, 
be like, oh, you're fine. You're a rich white man. And it's a system where they can say his life starts at 50. And then everybody else, if you're a woman in this movie, your life ends at like 30. 30. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Different timelines. Wow. So I want to talk about all the amazing quotes in the movie. (laughs) There's so many good ones. I'm going to read some and then you guys tell me what you think. That's it. That's the bit. Um, Okay. I'm a girl. That fucking yeah. floored me. Can we yeah. talk about yeah. that for a minute? What do you think that means, Chris? When she looks at herself in the mirror, mm-hmm. and I think it was it was she was seized by this sort of the in, the intangible euphoria of youth. Mm. Okay, like it was this this that was that was her. She felt she felt like she was her sort of peak feminine self in that in that exact moment because of what she looked like you're right like she was young and worthy again yeah yeah that yeah. was my read too totally yeah. i think femininity is denied those who don't fit in a very specific box yeah. and age or body size and all kinds of things can eliminate you from that and mm-hmm. i that was the feeling i got when she was like i'm a girl mm-hmm. it's like not that being feminine and being a girl are the same thing, but in this movie it is. And, um, Very clearly. Yeah. Well, and in her lens, the yeah, way that totally. she views things. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. Another great line that I love is when Helen's trying to convince Ernest to kill Madeline. Well, cause he's yeah. Like kill him. You have no talent for poverty. <laughs> that yes. fucking oh line. <laughs> I, w- no. I, like, I stood up and clapped. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no one can see this, but I'm doing it. Anyway. Yeah. So good, right? Yeah, it's That's, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love that the Helen and Madeline were both able to use like the stereotypical things in their stereotype because they're true of like wealth status mm-hmm. and his dick not working mm-hmm. to like shame him into doing things for them. Mm-hmm. And like, Jessica, you're a straight woman. I am. Is it that easy? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'm going to preface anything I say by saying I'm I'm engaged to a wonderful, wonderful human who I don't need to manipulate at all. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that it probably is true, but with people who maybe lack a bit of IQ points, like I I don't, I don't (laughs) know. I don't know that I've ever encountered anyone that if I re- I also have never tried to do that. So, yeah. but if you watch The Bachelor, which <laughs> spoiler alert, I do Luke P. It would work on Luke P. One hundred percent. But I think that it's like when someone's ego and need to appear super masculine outweigh their intelligence, that that kind of stuff works. Maybe mm. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think being I don't know being masculine wealthy and virile are like hallmarks that boys are taught yeah um, as the most important yes. thing yeah um so i just love that line because it, it it started like and then you know when she just keeps calling him flaccid flaccid yeah. <laughs> so fucking good <laughs> Flaccid little clown. Anything into an insult. Yeah. Yeah. They turned each other's names. That's <laughs> the line. I was, I was experiencing <laughs> <What>? the scene. <laughs> What'd you say, Sam? I'm sorry. Even their names were insults. Like she shortened it. It's like mad and hell. Yeah. I mean like yeah. hell. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> she's coming in hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and that's another reason the movie reads as queer to me is yes. like the fucking one liners and just like the zingers that like just totally cut mm-hmm. like mad and hell. And when she's petty enough to say, and she's a bad actress, 
I felt bad. I hurt. <laughs> That's the level of petty I aspire to be. It's pretty great. It's so good. You're there. I'm kidding. Thanks. <laughs> you did it. Success. I also love the line after she shoots Helen where she's like, these are the moments that make life worth it. <laughs> So I was reading an article, and the reason I bring these quotes up is, A, they're hilarious, and B, um, they interviewed a bunch of people from Drag Race in, like, 2015, because whoever won season five, Sam, can you tell me? Yeah, Jinx Monsoon. Yes, and Jinx does a lot of Death Becomes Her Drag. Yeah, she did it with Ben De La Creme. Yes, and they discuss how the zingers and one-liners are a reason the movie's, like, queer, mm. and I really do agree with that, because I did think of drag race a lot i thought of queer culture while listening to that because it is you know it's it's hilarious and they're like in on it with each other yeah like in a way they're almost playing a game like they're trying to see it's enjoyable yeah they they get off on it for sure yeah it was like watching untucked (laughs) that is kind of true another line i love okay neighbors in 12 years in los angeles have you ever seen a neighbor and i was dying because every time like i never see my neighbors i live in an apartment building there's five units i never see my neighbors yeah and like no one could be living there and then anytime i do see my neighbors and talk to them brian gets mad at me it's like, what are you doing don't invite them into our lives <laughs> That's but is true. that a is that a true thing in LA? For me, I find it to be very true. Do you guys find that to be true about LA? Like the lack of neighborly. It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. I mean, and I think it really does depend on what section section of LA you live in. Um, because when I was living in my previous house, um, I remember the 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 night that we that that my husband and I that we like closed escrow. It was like our first house. We oh, were cool. super excited. And not what I thought you were going to say. Like, um, we were like, where is this? your marriage? We went, <laughs> we, when I deflowered, you lost no, your power. Uh, yeah. Um, no, no, no. So like we went, we went up to the, to, to our house and we were hanging out and just kind of looking around the yard and stuff. And this like random total stranger barged in and goes, who are you? Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like we were like, yeah. And I turn around, I go, what? And he goes, who are you? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we live here. He's like, no, you don't. Oh God. We had a full on fight with this guy who assumed that we were trespassing because he was like a neighbor down the street. And then when I finally <laughs> sort of made it clear that we had just bought the house. He just turned around and stormed off and like slammed the gate shut. Did you ever see And this was our, yeah. And I saw him like once or twice and he just scowled. Like, and I was like, I guess that's kind of, and that was that neighborhood. Like nobody talked to each other. Nobody was friendly to each other. It was, and then you hardly saw, I mean, half the houses, I'm not sure anyone lived in them. Mm. So, so funny. It was opening. It's like the, in the first act of a 90s sitcom pilot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty much played by my life right in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it weren't for Grinder, I wouldn't know my neighbors. Oh. <laughs> oh, we son. only know <laughs> ours because someone hit Eric's car, like, and drove away. We had a hit and run his on our street. Which is insane because we live on a crazy street. And so we got to know our neighbors by going around and asking if anyone had security footage to try to catch this person. Ah, and then I, I wasn't there when he was asking. And I was walking our dog the other day. And someone stopped me and was like, oh, wait, your, your fiancé 
came and asked me. I'm Tom. Like I met someone because <laughs> I, because of this of accident. Yeah, hit and run. So the no. lucky hit and run yeah, bringing know, people together. Right? It changed our lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, sounds like a '90s rom com. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, is that a James Hill Brooks movie? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've often lived places in neighborhoods in LA that are too keen on black people. Mm. To be honest, mm. I find. That I my the first neighborhood I lived in in L.A. definitely neighbors just frowned at me. Oh, you're kidding! And, no, I hated Beverly not. Hills too. <laughs> not, definitely not where I was <laughs> living. Um, and now, uh, actually, um, when Ken's other mom was at my house the other day, she's like, "Oh, hey, a neighbor talked to me," and I was like, "A neighbor talked to you? What did well, like what what did they say?" Because Usually I have like just little kids flipping me off or like people totally ignoring me. And she was like, oh, she said good morning. And I was just like astounded. I was like, where did she live? Like, what did she look like? Let's make her some muffins. No, for real. Because I just am so used to being either completely ignored or overly scrutinized, Hmm. but not talked to. Yeah. Hmm. And so I was like, who? Which house? Like, you know, so I'm like, no, I don't know my neighbors, but I can tell my neighbors know each other because they talk to each other. Oh, that's super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I feel really comfortable where I live because I'm in West Hollywood and literally every person in my building is a gay man. You know, when I lived in West Hollywood for a year and a half, I had more black neighbors than I've had anywhere else in L.A. And lots of gay neighbors, obviously, mm-hmm. and probably actually, you know what? I knew everyone in the build. It's like a 10 unit building. I knew everyone in that building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I know everyone in my building. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's a Melrose place. It is Shit. gay Melrose place. <laughs> High drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of Beverly Hills, how about the Beverly Hills Hospital in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like the movie is such a like it's, it's like such a satire on like nineties. Just like, I don't know, it's like, in a lot of ways to me, it was like a kind of a satire and like the, I don't know, it just felt very 90s in the sense. Like, I know like the theme of beauty and youth is like a everyday thing, but it felt like a satirization of like the 90s yuppie maybe, mm. but also like the way Beverly Hills portrayed that it had its own hospital. And there's like a patient there who like got hurt playing tennis, but he's like yes. bloody as fuck, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, what he happened? was like mauled by yeah. that tennis racket, like a tiger on the tennis court. I don't know what happened. And that the morgue was inside of the, the hospital. Right. And then there was there another morgue like in a house or was that a mortuary? The mortuary. Yeah, it was totally yeah. Forest Lawn Cemetery. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't know. Like, I there's a lot of satire, but then there's a lot of moments that made me cringe. Like, I don't know. Like when she like essentially like gay panics him into thinking he's going to be raped in prison. I'm like, mm. is this satire or is this like just a '90s ha ha? This is a joke. Mm. I think it's '90s ha ha. Yeah. Unless you're watching Monster Party and it's 2019. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Like every other tea, line of dialogue yeah. in that movie. You're going to get fucked in the ass. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think like, we've totally moved on. What was that? that? So there's a movie called Monster Party. It's a shutter movie. And it's about a bunch of serial killers who are essentially in like a self-help group with like a leader that teaches them not to be serial killers anymore. Right. Oh, that sounds so good. And these three kids know, need right. money. And they happen to be like catering this party at this house not knowing it's a bunch of serial killers so they're gonna rob the house the serial killers figured out and like of course like they relapse right but oh like, my god this sounds so good it's but it's such not. a great premise but Ugh. like every other joke by 
the men in the movie is about if we get caught, you're going to go to prison and get fucked in the ass. Oh. And it's just like, and then of course I looked up the director and I was like, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, it's like, it was jarring to hear it in this. It's jarring to hear it in a movie made in 2019. But it's nice that we can forgive this and still embrace all its queer qualities where it's like something like monster party. It's like, all right, we're done. Yeah. And there's a part of me with the fantastical elements. And there is a lot of satire in this movie. That was fine. Telling myself that Meryl Streep is super smart and she knows the future. And it was a satirical line on her part Mm. because it is true. That line, unfortunately would work on a lot of males in the United States today. If they were in that same position, it would work like a charm. Mm. So, yeah, (laughs) I do think, Meryl Streep has magical yeah. future powers. Right. Agreed. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, if anyone does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. I think it's like her Wikipedia says, is known to be the greatest act- living actress. Can you imagine that's the line in your Wikipedia? I mean, she is. I mean, she yeah. obviously is. Yeah. But like, I mean, whoa. she wrote that. But. <laughs> <laughs> she edited her own yeah. Wikipedia. Can you imagine if that's what Meryl does at home? Yeah. She edits her IMDb oh and her Wikipedia. Or what if she just God. is living. Wikipedia? <laughs> She might be. Yeah. She thinks it and it goes yeah, up. It just goes there. Like even her teeth in Big Little Lies season two, I was like, bravo. Yeah. Your teeth are acting beautifully. Yeah. yeah. She made all those good choices though for that character. <laughs> um, I totally was going to bring something up and now I'm forgetting. How old are they supposed to be after the second seven year time? 49. Jump? 49. Mm-hmm. Cause I, that was the thing I wanted to bring up about the nails. Just whenever they showed their hands, they all had liver spots did yes. you notice that? Yes. And I was like, what is this about? Because the only liver spots I remember on a relative were my grandma's. Right. And my aunt, who was like in her late 60s. Maybe they were all just drinking really heavily. Yeah. He definitely So it was. like yeah. kind of comes about quicker. I don't I, I mean, they're there so they can show the difference yes. between the young hand and the – because what is more old hand than liver, liver spots? Yeah. <laughs> And I, I was like waiting for his hair to fall off on his hands. I don't know why. I thought that would have been really funny if he just had smooth hands when his hand changed. <laughs> anyway, Nay's looking at me like, fuck <laughs> off, Michael. <laughs> what a fucking truth, though. My hands got old this year and uh, they weren't. I know, I know, it all just happened at once. And I remember, and watching that moment, I was like, oh, I wish I could have that. I think hands <laughs> are cool because they're kind of like, they tell a story about who you are. Like if you cut done. them off, you can count the rings. Well, I have like so many burn marks from cooking on mm. my hands that I, I actually used to like hate, but I've like grown to like them. Yeah. See, I have. You bite your nails. I bite the fuck so out of my I. nails. And so my hands are grotesque, but it's also kind of <laughs> nice because no one will ever notice that I have old wrinkly hands <laughs> because they'll just be so focused on my nails or black thereof or how chewed up they are. That's just funny because like I, I never like it's, it's, it's become sort of like it always, it, it's been like, a, Oh, it's a quirk thing. Like I'm a neurotic mess. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> and it's only since my son was born that it began to bother me hmm. because my hands are in pictures so much more now because I'm like holding him. So it's like, oh, look at that cute baby. Oh my God. What's that monster? What's wrong with his hands? Um, Crypt keeper hands. Oh, trust me. And my mom tried so hard. She did everything she could from she had that gross polish that that tastes bad, that burns your mouth. She even, no joke, forced me. And I think I was like. Your mom was trying to like. Stop me from biting my nails. Oh, okay. She was trying to stop me, and she, she even, was trying to prettier. She even <laughs> no. I'm, this is the best part. She 
She bought me Lee Press on Nails. Uh, yes. Oh, I love that. Lee Press on Nails. And she's like, we can file what them color? down. And then just like, you can wear those. And then maybe you'll see your hands and they'll look nicer. And I did it. And I was like, well. Like, <laughs> those are fun to bite off. They look really good. But Unintended consequence. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't work. Amazing. When you said that, I got a flash of Maya Rudolph with corn chip nail tips from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you, you, you like biting your nails so much you even have it in your Twitter bio. I know. <laughs> I, I think it's endearing. And also I think because then when we were working, I always knew kind of how much the shit was hitting the fan. Because a lot of times like, Chris is really good at at being such an incredible director and keeping everyone calm and like not showing that he's freaking out about eight different things and that we're super behind and that like we lost a location or whatever shit is going on. But then I could just be like, oh, okay, we're fine. Or like, Oh, <laughs> his, fuck. his fingers are bleeding. Just yeah. <laughs> dripping blood. And I'm just like, they're in mittens, <laughs> soaking bloody mittens. It, that's what I do on flights. I watch the flight attendants. If we hit a little bump, oh, they don't. Oh do yeah, oh, it's like the canary, yes. like the canary in yes. the can- Yeah, oh. exactly. I hate it when they when they fucking sit down. Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. like this. Yeah. Is yeah. Like, I'm like, did you just down. buckle up? No, yeah. no. Did you just put the drink cart away? Yeah, right. Like we're dead, mm-hmm. bitch. You're terrified. sitting down, and then I have to carry a stuffed animal on the plane because I'm so terrified of flying <laughs> that I literally oh I hug him the entire time any little bump I'm like Brian that's and amazing like, yeah. oh my god when I was a kid I would they read my bible, bible on flights because I thought that's what you're supposed to do before you die <laughs> <laughs> or did you think like you would be protected it just I it, it would or you were just me. ready to die I I was really scared I just knew like that if I was gonna die I needed to be being a good kid Right before yeah. I die, I that like, makes is, sense. This that is clocks. the goodest thing this, I yeah. could do right now. Be holding my Bible. <laughs> I, I am like Michael in the in the. I have a. I'm very. I have a, a big fear of flying, and and so and I overthink stuff. And re, and this was last year. I went up to Cody was in San Francisco for a work trip, and it was one of those things like I'm going to be spontaneous and just like go up there, you know, oh, that's and cute. see him. And so I like, didn't really tell anybody I was doing it. He knew, but I didn't tell anyone else. And then of course, like when I was on the plane, we were just, you know, taxiing on the runway. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't <laughs> tell anyone. Like, it's going to be that story. Like, Oh my God. And he, he wasn't even supposed to be on that flight. Like he just decided at the last minute to do this thing. And so of course I'm in my head about it. Right. <laughs> and then we're, and then I'm, you know, we've, we're, we're, we're flying and we're actually descending finally and, and heading toward the airport. And I had my, I'd, I opened my window shade to look outside to see like the Golden Gate Bridge and whatever. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I closed my shade. <laughs> I closed my shade and then I was just kind of sitting there. And, and I, I don't know if I like dozed off or I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden the plane just went like, bang, like, like we hit something so hard. And I was like, I just, I screamed like that's all I could do. Cause I was yeah, like, Oh my know? God, I thought it was a midair collision. <sighs> Cause I just looked out the window and so I screamed and I grabbed the seat and the guy next to me was like, what the fuck? Cause I'm sitting next to a stranger and I whipped open my shade 
And we had landed. Oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, you hit the earth. We hit the fucking ground. Like, you know, the thing you're supposed to do. And the guy next to me, who I terrified as well, but also burst out laughing and then wouldn't stop laughing at me. That's even worse. It was so awkward. Like, and then he would stop, he would stop laughing and then like a few seconds would pass and then he'd just be like, wow. Yes. I was yes. like, you're a dick, oh, dude. No. I prefer those kind of trips though because knowing I have a flight, even at like my next flight is three months out. Oh, and you're just going like, to spend every yes. day. I see. Yeah. 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 Like, you're the same guy. Like you get on the plane, you count nuns and children. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe I'm yeah. all right. <laughs> and then I think about like distance and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of fuel on this plane. Cause I'm dry. I'm flying from LA to DC. It's like, it's a fireball. You know what I did to help me with my flight anxiety? To help me with my flight anxiety, I had to just read some like basic aerodynamic information to that's understand the other thing how because I insane. I just had no concept of how this Something huge metal death cage could just be like up in the air, <laughs> and that's all I could think about. And I was like, well, maybe if I understood the science behind how this works, I would feel better, and it definitely made it me did. feel okay. a lot better, and I'm not scared to fly anymore. My biggest fear of flying is not being so high, even though I'm terrified of heights. It's the lack of control. Mm-hmm. It's like knowing there's like a dude in another room that's like this big, and like hearing stories. Do you want to hear a crash story? No. Okay. Don't fucking do um, this to me. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you guys. I, yeah, I did not have <laughs> flight fear until just, <laughs> just now. now. And but. Jessica knows a lot about death, guys. <laughs> yeah. You sure do. She has died a lot. So Wait. many times. Okay, I want to talk about these movies really quick. Do you know how many times you die in the two movies? Like, do you know? Combined? As the writer-director? I know the first movie, it was 13, right? Or no, was it 11? Don't put that on me. As the writer-director, <laughs> you should know. You should have this number burned oh, into your times. mind. No, 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 because I say it in the second movie. I die 11 times in the first film. Every death that happens, you see. We decided. We yeah. talked about that, that okay. every death that happens to Tree you see. But the second film happens over a much longer period of time. Ask so we had, we had yeah. other deaths that you didn't that see. That you didn't see. So um, is the first movie technically over just 11 days? Yeah. Or is it a much longer yes. time? Yeah, and then it's the second movie is a much longer time. A much longer time. time right? Because yeah. she, well, it's the... Not much, but just... But longer. A little bit longer. Enough, she has a lot enough, of, she's got a lot of shit Yeah, to she out. has to, like, <laughs> memorize that equation and do all of the algorithms and learn... Crazy science and math, um, but but also because I, I love think that montage. It's so montage. I want to live my life in montage. Is kind of like you were saying the seven years later. Like there's so many things. I'm like I really want to learn how to tap dance, but only in a montage. Like I don't want to experience Absolutely. the part of being shitty at something for a prolonged period of time. I want like the snaps of me being like, oh, just that like, was hard, <laughs> and then suddenly it's just like. <laughs> I'm like flapping all over the place. It's just my dream. I love that. Hard. Hard. Um, And shooting the montages were really, really fun. Chris has a really good knack for picking out music. He does. In both montages, in both movies, the music that goes along with them Mm -hmm. are really good. We talked about this before. Like, I I try to choose the right song, not the song that I necessarily love. And that's no slight against the the song choices that I've made. Um, but it's a smart decision, but no, it's just funny because I remember I, 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 you know, had screened the first movie for, for, for a couple people early on in the process. And then I remember somebody in the group was like, literally like 
Demi Lovato shamed me. Like, sort of like he was too cool for for Demi Lovato. It was the perfect. And I was song. like, but that's not the point. The point isn't for me to look cool to you. It's to tell <laughs> the story the best way that I can. And this song does that. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the music that you pick is always really a good indication of what's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just think that there are a lot of people out there that are, that f- I guess they just want to sort of project a certain kind of coolness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, uh, and I don't care about that yeah. as much. When you told me that when you write, you create playlists. Yeah. For, I, I always yeah. create full soundtracks for every movie. And if you're lucky, he'll send them to you if you're working on it, which it was a huge, it was a huge, huge bonus for me. Especially on the first one because we didn't know each other yet. Mm-hmm. And so I got such an insight into the – like I do this all the time where I'll be walking down the street and be like, in the soundtrack of my life, this is the song oh, that we'd yeah, be playing right absolutely. now. And so under- – Yeah, it, every day. That's <laughs> the only song on repeat. That and Alanis Morissette. Um, but listening to the, that music while prepping the script before we – got down to New Orleans, gave me such an insight into the tone and tree and kind of like the way that she moves through the world and the transition that she goes through in both the Mm. first and the second films. And it's just such a, it's such a gift that that's part of how Chris works Mm -hmm. for me. Well, to gush about both of you for a second, if I may, um, the beauty of those movies is the writing and the directing comes from emotion, but your performance too. Like the, you guys clearly have a good working relationship and it shows on screen. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. Soulmate. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, after I finished the first film, um, before we knew really, can you please do part two? No, well, well, the, I mean, I, I, there wasn't supposed to be part two cause I died. Oh, right. you died I died in yeah. the first one and it wasn't until we did reshoots and I was like, Oh, maybe. Um, but my mom said to me, I was getting really nervous about like the movie coming out and what if people like it, but I like it, but I don't know. And she said, at the very least you walked away from this with an incredible friend. Aww. And that is truly how I feel. And I yeah. have never worked with, someone before who I adore so fully and respect and trust. And so a huge part of these movies for me was not only that we had the best time on set, but that I trusted him fully and I knew he trusted me. And so I was willing to let my freak flag fly. Like, (laughs) and there were times he would say, okay, this takes for you do whatever you want to do. If it's too much, I'll pull you back. And I'm as an, artists so often I went through a huge period where people told me I was too big I was too expressive everything I was doing was too much Mm -hmm. and so to have someone embrace that part of me and say but actually that's what's brilliant about you and that's what's going to make this movie incredible was so liberating and so I like I couldn't have made this movie with any other human being it just wouldn't have happened it was definitely a career first for me in terms of like we and it really was from like Day one, it was that feeling of, I know you, I trust you, um, and that we were like partners in crime, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that we yeah. were on this adventure together and that and that it really didn't ultimately matter whether people liked the movie or didn't like the movie or whether it was a big hit or a flop or whatever. Like it was this sort of like, it became this thing that we both were so proud of and protective mm-hmm. of and that, and it really was like, it, and I do believe that when people watch the first movie and especially the second movie, they can feel 
the amount of affection that we have, not for just the characters and for the, for the storytelling, but also for each other. Yeah. So, yeah. It's apparent on screen. Yeah. yeah. And I learned a lot from you in the last year, just knowing that like collaboration is key. Yeah. And you're very collaborative, he is which is super important. So collaborative. And, and I will always remember the first day we got on set, you called everybody up, all the department heads, all the actors. And you said, you know, every single person who's here is here because they're insanely talented and because I trust them, so there's no excuse for anybody to yell at anybody else or to be rude. It's going to be long days. It's going to be hard. But hold me accountable as well. If I start yelling at people, call me out. And I just sat there and I was like, that's so cool. That's so cool that you <coughs> you not only hire talented people, but you actually let them just do their thing. And you see them. And you see them. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt there are so many scenes in that movie that were the became the best version of what they could be because of how collaborative and open and generous Chris is with his work and how safe and seen he made every single person on that set feel. Um, it, it's really remarkable. I like a good idea. I don't care where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Usually they're his, but like <laughs> we all sprinkle them in. We we get we get in when we can. I mean, I could keep going on, but. That moment when um, I cr- you talked about crying in the movie. I cried um, in the second and, one. Yeah, me too. Mm. Um, and <laughs> just hearing you talk about playing things really big, the moment at uh, when Tree's mom is alive. Yes. When you pulled it all back, that's what made me cry. Mm. It was like this person who I had followed through two movies and seen things be that expressive and that uh, bombastic isn't the right word, but it was fun. And then it was like, that switch. So when you talk about it, it's a collaboration of great writing because obviously it's what's on the page, but it wouldn't have been possible if you hadn't been that big to pull back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I lost it. And so early in that film, like that's, it was incredible. I think that's what people appreciate so much about, about the film. And, and I think everyone understands and can really, they, they, they are able to appreciate how many levels that she is, playing at and how she makes it all so seamless because well, the, the because it's hinge on it's it's a Jessica's performance that's what i mean like yeah. it's a crazy high wire act because we are we are sci-fi and horror and drama comedy. and comedy yeah. and dark comedy and so we're so many different things and yet somehow it all seems to fit together so well but you know the the thing about part two that was really special was that you know Jess has a super, super close relationship with her mom, mm-hmm. who is one of the best people ever. She is. Um, <laughs> and so I felt really comfortable writing that stuff, knowing that it would be very personal for her. And and it was very personal for me because my mom passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and so I really wanted – I know that, like, our, our, our movies are meant to be silly and fun, um, but I really wanted to – Talk to our audience about grief mm-hmm. yeah. um, mm-hmm. and about owning grief and that, you know, that your life is good. You are going to ha- have to deal with these things, but they, they do make you who you are at the end of the day. And that was yeah. sort of the message of the movie was that like, you of course, sure she could have changed things or right. chosen to stay yeah. or, you know, whatever. But like it was, it was, that was what made her who she is. Well, and the thing that, that I, I think I texted you after the movie, like, dude, you made me fucking cry really hard. I had lost my dad the year before. Mm-hmm. And like, I put myself in your shoes in that moment and was just like, God, like, just think of the things you get to, like, you could say if you got to say them one more time. Mm-hmm. 
And like, you could see the sincerity, sincerity and the honesty just in your eyes as you're performing there. And the actress who played your mom, she's amazing. She's great in that scene too. And just like, I don't know. You just like see that scene and you're just like, I wish she was every parent yeah. <laughs> like well, in life. You and know? she, she is such a remarkable actress because What's she's just so again? present. Missy. She's, Missy. Awesome. she's amazing. And she was so generous in that moment. And I was freaking out that day because like Chris said, I have a super close relationship with my mom and I wanted to do it right for her and wanted to do it right for Chris. And it it's many, many things. And Missy was just my fucking rock Chris and Missy in different ways. And she's so, She's so remarkable. Um, she's she's really spectacular. But yeah, that I love that that scene exists in that movie. And I don't think there are many other directors or writers who would be brave enough to put it in and would have Agreed. to mm-hmm. have the understanding of what putting that kind of a scene in that movie does and how it elevates it, but also how it makes all of the wackadoo zaniness <laughs> even better. Yeah, yes, definitely, absolutely. Well, grounds it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think especially in the slasher and like horror genre, mm-hmm. a lot of directors would, wouldn't even consider writing that. Well, people scene. are really cynical and they're very afraid to just be emote. Really, yeah, to be open <laughs> and to, no, just to like, to be a little, to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's something that I, I as a writer, um, specifically as a writer, really shied away from for the better part of, of my career. You know, like I was like a horror guy, like, you know, like I fucking kill people. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like that was, and that was sort of the box I was in. And, and then I started to give myself permission to, to be emotional, to be more emotional, you know? And, and it yeah. was, and it, and it was, and some people really embrace it and love the movie's for that very reason. And a lot of people shit on them because they're like, that's so maudlin, you know, but I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could keep. Oh, it's, I was just going to say, I know we have to stop, but it's every actress, actor or actress's dream to play a role like that, where you get to do that many things. So So I just felt so lucky because when people ask me what I want to do, I'm like, everything and i mean and that like i do legitimately it. mean i want to do everything and so chris just delivered this beautifully like packaged treat for me that was like okay step up to the line like pr- prove prove that do that it. would like put your money where your mouth is and and i I'm, I will always be so and you grateful. Did oh, well, thank you. You did it. Tree's awesome. <laughs> Tree's mm-hmm. the best. I'm like a tree stan and will defend yeah. Tree to the day I die that she is like an, a final girl icon, like up there with, Same. Oh, for up sure. There with Laurie Strode up there with Sydney Prescott. Prescott. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ginny yeah. from Friday part two. Yeah. And they let us do the third one. I'm well, here's the thing. I, my, my new pitch either soon, Netflix, Netflix, please give us money. <laughs> um, or in 15, 20, mm-hmm. I want to do a legacy Jimmy- sequel. Yeah. Well, that's yes. the thing is like after Halloween and after seeing the trailer for the new Terminator movie, I was like, that's what I need to do. It's just when I'm like, when I like, and like a yes. silver fox, I just yes. come back to like, the tree and get stuck Old and jacked. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's all I want is she's just been prepping for baby face. Like yeah. she just knows it's coming back. She doesn't know when. And then she... Yes. Can Fucking we seven years it. later this? Seriously. Yeah. Then, okay. No, we need to do it twice. Twice. 14. Yeah. Well, she'll dance during the first seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll do, I'll, I'll practice my marrow. We'll add that into the, 
it, tree gets stuck in a death oh, and you have a gay son in the future too. Oh, tree, for sure. tree has a gay son in the oh, future. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <sighs> Played by you. <laughs> I could pass for 14. Um, okay. Does this movie get a pride float back to death becomes her? Cause I could keep talking to you guys about those movies forever, but does death becomes her get a pride float? Nay. I say yes. Sam. I think it does. Um, I, I was like trying to think about it cause I can't put my finger specifically on it, but just because I identify so much with it, you know? So I think the pride float would be, um, it would be me and Michael Verratti. Uh, dressed yes. as yes. Helen and Madeline yes. um, fighting to the shovel, death. But shovel then, fight. Yeah. Oh, yes. shovel fight. <laughs> I, want, I want the neck wrinkles. I really do. Yeah. So, but the, yeah. That's and, a, yeah. If you're not familiar with Pride Float, this is the way we decide if a movie. How do we, how do we put it again? If they, if they get a Pride Float, they, they positive queer representation mm. or coding. Yeah. Um, if they mean a lot. If we think they mean a lot to our the community. community yeah. Or yeah. Like we've, we've put people in jail. Yeah. We've put movies like in community service. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you have to you have to call a spade a spade. Like yeah. you just gotta problematic faves. They're there. Yeah. Yeah. Would you you guys pride float? I would pride float this. Yeah. Then and it. now? Ooh, that's a good question. I didn't oh. ask that. Ninety two and in twenty nineteen? Yeah, because my little gay ass when I okay. the first time I saw it in the theater <laughs> was I saw it I saw it three times in the theater the, the second two times by myself. <laughs> did you really? I did. I ran back to the theater to see this Good movie because you. I was just, it was screaming like the camp, the level of camp. And it's so funny now. And I know we're out of time. No, but like we the, got time. the thing that's so funny is that like seeing it back then, it was just like, I didn't understand why I loved it so much. Mm. I just I thought it was did. the funniest fucking thing ever. And I loved the performances and just how over the top everything was. And then now watching it, there's a part of me that's kind of sad because I feel like, so many, so many queer people relate to the movie because it's telling the story of, I, I think that I, especially specifically, I feel like gay men are constantly pursuing perfection mm. in so many ways that you can't keep. It's just not yours to keep. And, but everyone's doing it. Like they fight so hard for the perfect body and mm. to look perfect in their young, face yeah. to, to stay young and mm. all of it. And so I think there's, there's something so painfully relatable to it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's another reason why I think it's, it's held up in its own sort of weird way. Yeah. In a lot of ways to me, it's like, it's aged well for lack of a better word mm. in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even intend that at all. Um, Pride float for you, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think it's so much fun. Also, you know what the remake that I would want to see is, is two drag Queens playing those roles. Like I shouldn't be the one doing that. It needs to be like Trixie. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, but I, I just think there's something so, glamorous and and beautiful about it but also heartbreaking and sad and i yeah i just want to see that pride float that's actually why i'm saying yes is yeah. i want to mm-hmm. see your pride float and i want to yeah. see you f- shovel fighting yeah but then ultimately supporting each other too obviously yes. because that's that's the whole them at the funeral yes. i have an alternate pride float please because it does get a pride float to me it's just a problematic straight man crashing through glass <laughs> over and over and over again the garden of eden glass that he falls into yeah Yeah. i am here for that yeah done i don't know how you do that but it happens in my head (laughs) 
Everything's possible. Yeah. Everything. Well, possible. if we have to do it again and again, we just line up the problematic straight dudes. That it's we the happy yeah, death dance pride floats. Jessica, where can we find you? Do you want to plug anything? Do you have anything coming up you want to talk about? Oh, um, the Delilah pilot sounds fantastic. The Delilah pilot is exciting. I'm very. You know, when you work on things that you are just convinced the whole time someone's going to suddenly look at you and be like, wait, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. And I have, I always have imposter syndrome, but especially with this, because I, I've never come into a project this early on. So I'm also going to produce, which is very Oh, you are. That's amazing. That's awesome. So even me saying out loud, like I'm producing with Shannon Hork, like it's just words that should not be coming out of my (laughs) mouth in the best way. But, um, I'm very, very fortunate that I am working with people who are so good at this and kind and letting me be on phone calls where decisions are made. Like I'm getting this whole insight so into um, into a different part of the business. But we are shooting our pilot in October and we'll be streaming on HBO Max next year. Um, Love it. I don't know when or exactly how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but... I have heard that Valley Girl is going to see the light of day sometime wow. next year, which is very exciting. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, and then I'm going back to Chicago in a couple of weeks to finish up Utopia, which um, will be it's Amazon, right? Amazon. Um, Gillian Flynn's new show. She is so cool. It is unfair. Um, <laughs> and that I think that's going to be really, really fucking cool. That's great. You got a lot, lot going on. Yeah. I, awesome. And it's, it's fun because a lot of different kinds of things, which is the way I want to work. And with all again, with people who are better than me, which is all I want because it's the only way you grow is when you work with people that are mm-hmm. better than you. Um, so yeah. Learning while fun, you work. Learning while it's I work. That's the best way. Yeah. So, and where can people find you online? Um, I, my Instagram is at Jessica underscore Roth, um, with an E at the end. Um, <laughs> and I have a Twitter, but I don't really go on it that much. Okay. Yeah. I try. Best. I, I just can't like, yeah, here's, I have FOMO. I have the worst FOMO. I'm a, f- like, I feel left out all the time in social media only feeds into, <laughs> The sad so six-year-old in me that, like, feels left out all the time. So I try to cut it off. You're smart. Thank mm-hmm. you. I think about deleting it every day, at least twice. Yeah. Chris, where can we find you? Anything you want to talk about? Plug? Doing? I can't, I can't really plug it yet. He has a really cool thing coming up that soon he'll be able to tell everybody about. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, it's really fucking cool. And somebody else in the room wrote it with me. <laughs> oh. That guy. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Congratulations. I am very excited. Yeah. Chris and I wrote a movie together. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we'll have a lot of, a lot of updates and stuff soon. And speaking of imposter syndrome, this entire time Chris and I have been active on this. I keep waiting for somebody from companies to be like, psych. Yeah. You just wait for someone to be like, you're not. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. You know, just an exclamation point on like the finger. (laughs) Can I just say what a fucking dream come true? You writing something that you're going to direct is going to be. I mean, like, I cannot wait. We're pretty excited. Yes, it's. Yeah. it's I'm. I'm. I think this is the first public. I mean, I'm very excited reference. about this. Yeah. Talk I'm, about storytelling in the right hands. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Aww. Sam. Thanks. Talk about yeah, you too, bitch. A <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky, and I, I tell myself that every day. Yeah. 
Um, where can people find you online, Chris? Oh, God. And find cute pictures of your son. Oh, my oh, God. Oh my God. Today, oh. I'm, like, diving into the bed. <laughs> he is the most beautiful child. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal, actually, is to have a child in a respectable <laughs> amount of time that my child, if hopeful, can at least be best friends, if not lovers, with Chris's child. <laughs> that is my, like, yeah. ultimate goal. All right. Sorry, that um, got weird. I'm just- no, it didn't get weird at all. Um... <laughs> fucking pedophile yeah. I'm kidding <laughs> um uh Instagram you're uh, on Twitter too I'm on Twitter too what are um, your handles uh, I'm so Landon, bad at this right? like, isn't it the Chris, Chris Landon on Instagram I didn't want it to be that but that's what I ended up with um and then uh a uh, creature show um two E's right well, yeah C-R-E-E yeah. uh creature show on Twitter um Awesome. I'm usually like mad at an airline or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I am never flying at Delta again. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. But occasionally I come up with something funny. <laughs> the thing I appreciate about you on Twitter is you interact with people that ask you questions about your movies. I yes. that's really sweet. I thoroughly enjoy talking to fans of of the work of of the movies um and and i'm just so grateful for them and and how uh passionate they are and um it's just a lot of fun and 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 also like anybody who wants to really just talk movies with me i'm down because i love movies yeah i love that you do that it's really it's it's not a lot of folks do that well they should they should Sam, where can we find you? Uh, at Sam Wyman on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're my neighbor, you know where to find me. And also, <laughs> your two feet away film, The Quiet Room, is now it's on Shutter. On Shutter. Oh, nice. Yes. And it's like full aspect ratio. Amazing. The YouTube version, it wasn't. And then you're in production on your documentary. I am, yeah. My queer horror doc for Shutter. Do you guys have a name yet? We don't. Okay. I have a few. Okay. Uh, I keep getting rejected. <laughs> love it yeah and you're doing that michael Varadi's producing mm-hmm. yeah he's one of the uh one of the producers he's our film producer yeah and phil uh phil noble who is the editor of uh fangoria love it pretty so cool. it's a pretty great pretty awesome that's team. a dream team. yeah yeah and kelly ryan so phil and kelly did horror noir and this is the follow-up to horror <laughs> noir which that was a film about um black representation in horror films this is about queer representation pretty cool and Sam and I had lunch over the weekend and we discussed the movie and you guys should be very excited for it. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on with it. So yeah. Can't wait to talk more about it. Nice. Can't wait to hear more. And nay. Nay. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at black cupcake. That's two K's. Gaudy Los Angeles. Yeah. I have an art Instagram. You can find it through my other Instagram and happy belated birthday. Oh my god! When was your birthday? It was like a long time. It was like three weeks ago. <laughs> it was like almost a year ago. You in like oh, three that's weeks. true. Because you weren't here last week, and I wasn't here the week before. Oh, that's Happy true. birthday! Happy yeah. birthday! Oh my god! Thank Can you. I sing you my birthday song? Yes. Okay. <gasps> Goes like this. <laughs> this is what my sister would sing to me growing up. Oh my so god! Excited. Hold on. I actually, I just need to film you doing. This. <laughs> All right. Okay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, people dying everywhere, smog pollution in the air. Happy birthday. That's it. Darker than I expected. <laughs> is it? Also a little bit sexy. Yeah. Oh, it that, works. Yeah, I like it. But it was. Like that was like our family Marilyn birthday song. Monroe. Happy birthday, yeah. Mr. President. Definitely. Yeah. That's me. I got more of a Mike Myers and Wayne's World singing happy birthday to uh, Tia. Mm. 
Um, I'm Michael. You can find me at Michael <laughs> Ken Ken on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find the show at Queer Wolf Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Jessica and Chris, thank you so thank much you for so being here. Thank you for coming. So much. This was a delight. It was a delight for us. We've been so excited to have you both on. And Chris, I'll see you later. We All did right. it. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.